it's 9pm on a cold January night in early 1940. A train has just arrived from the north into the station of the Scottish east coast city of Dundee. The platform is unusually crowded, mostly men carrying small brown suitcases. Many are on their own, but some are accompanied by girlfriends or wives. Opening the door, one man steps up and into the cold carriage. He's a small, thin figure with a long nose and weary eyes. He places his suitcase in the overhead and turns to say one last farewell to his girl, Annie. In the same carriage sits Charles Napier, known as Chick by his pals. He gives an acknowledging nod to Annie as the thin man embraces her one last time. Look after him, Annie says, addressing Chick as if he was a long-lost friend. He's never been very far before. Charlie beamed back, with a wide grin, saying nothing, his broad, friendly smile stretching from ear to ear. He could see that the thin man was perhaps five years older than him. I haven't been very far myself, Charlie thought but just smiled back in silence. Besides, the other man was obviously older. Perhaps he should be looking after me instead, Charlie pondered. Maintaining his silence, Charlie simply acknowledged the other man with a casual nod. The other man nodded back, before turning and leaning out of the window for one last wave goodbye to his girlfriend as the train slowly pulled away from the platform. The man slid the window up, and sat down opposite his travel companion, and let out a long sigh, while reaching into his pocket for a cigarette. My name's Charlie, but my pals know me as Chick. I'm Walter. Walter Hurst. But people know me as Watty. Pleased to meet you. The two men shook hands. Both men are quiet and reserved. Conversation between them is kept to one or two sentences. Neither man knew what the next weeks would bring at the end of that train journey, or could have imagined the horror that awaited them in just a few short months. But if there was to be a return journey, and if both survived, they would surely have plenty to speak about then. Outside the temperature is just above freezing, and the skies threatened with snow. As the train rolls out of Dundee, they chatted, casually the moisture from their breaths condensing into small, swirling vortices of white steam as the glass inside the carriage quickly clouded over. January 1940 was bitterly cold. The winter of 1939-40 was to be the coldest on record for 50 years. All across the Western Front, soldiers were freezing. The American-born William Joyce, Lord Haw Haw, as he was better known, tried to goad potential recruits like Walter and Charlie by claiming men were dying from the cold in large numbers at training camps across the south of England, camps to which Charlie and Walter were now en route. As the train rumbled and clattered, it headed south over the Silvery River Tay. Walter rubbed away the condensation on the window and gazed down into the dark water. Illuminated by the full moon and a light covering of snow, he could just about make out the stony support stumps 
left from the first rail bridge that once crossed that wide part of the river. In the darkness of an early wintry evening in 1879, 75 passengers travelling north across the bridge from Fife had plummeted into the Tay and to their deaths during a violent winter storm. As their train met the middle section of the bridge, a combination of its own weight and fierce hurricane-force gusts collaborated to collapse the structure. Its still-moving load fell 88 feet into the swirling, dark, frothing waters below. There were no survivors, and many of the victims were never recovered. The sea can do strange things with those it takes, surrendering some and keeping others. One female victim was found eight months later, just south of Wick, in the far north of Scotland, and almost 300 miles from the fateful bridge. Walter looked down into the water and cast a brief thought back to that tragedy. But soon he and Charlie's train was passing through the five countryside, across the imposing fourth rail bridge and into Edinburgh. The cold continued to follow them relentlessly. When they finally return home, neither man will ever be the same again. Their fate and the horror that they are destined to endure is beyond imagination as they battle to survive whilst around them thousands die. From Aurora Media, you're listening to Vang Sank Morgan's Army, a remarkable story of disaster, struggle and survival during the darkest hours of World War II.